Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It's a brand new year, SLPs. We did it. We made it to... 2022. This is a new year. I know like this school year has been unlike any other. We thought last year was crazy. Well, this year I think is even crazier. But I'm determined to start 2022 on a positive note. Will you join me with doing that? Let's be glasses half full, even if it is a wine glass. So anyway, this week we're going to be talking all about working on compare and contrast with your speech students and what to do beyond just comparing apples and bananas, right? When we're working with our younger ones, we're showing our students how things are just same and different and how they are alike and how they go together. Some of those basic concepts that are more common with the math curriculum when they're seeing how things are similar shapes and similar colors. But what does compare and contrast have to do with the older grades? Well, they're expected as part of the Common Core standards and curriculum to be able to take a text and compare it and make a connection to their life. They're expected to compare the characters. They're expected to compare two stories with each other. They're expected to compare how a character is acting in the beginning versus how the character is acting at the end. So how can we help them? What did you notice? Well, there's a lot of things that our students have to do. They have to be able to comprehend what they hear or read. They need to know the vocabulary of compare and contrast. They need to know how to verbally express it and organize it and put it all together. And those are our domains. So we need to help them visually see how things can go together in terms of a text and part of a bigger piece of language. 
So, right, when we're looking at our basic apple and banana, we need to help even when that. Our students struggle sometimes to see how things are alike and different. We might want to teach them how they might have similar function or what they look like or their location where you find them or what category they belong in. And I like to use like the EET for things like that. But what about our language kids? So after we, you know, you start with those pictures and those basic concepts, I like to take videos. You know, I love YouTube videos. So I might take one of my two of my favorite videos to use for comparing and contrasting is Mouse for Sale and The Present. And the reason I love it is because both videos have a boy and an animal and they both keep the animal and both the boy and the animal have something similar that makes them different. Okay, I don't want to have too many spoiler alerts here, but just showing, you're probably saying, Hallie, well, how am I fitting the time to watch two videos in one session? You might not. You can spend a whole session watching Mouse for Sale and going over all of the, so I, one of the levels of comprehension is basic recall, and they need to understand the key story elements like character setting, problem, and solution. They need to know that before they can summarize, before they can determine the main idea, before they can answer comprehensions, and before they can compare and contrast. So I like to have my students take notes and listen for the key story elements. And that means you might have to stop throughout watching the video and be like, hey, do we know the characters yet? Hey, do we know the setting yet? Hey, do we know the problem yet? Hey, do we know the solution? And you can also do the somebody wanted, but so them with this as well. And then I might have them summarize it. We might answer some questions, make sure they get some of the deeper inner meaning of the, and maybe some vocabulary of that video. And then the next session, we might do the present and do the same thing. And then a third session, let's review our notes of those two videos, because you can have them on like a Jamboard or a Google slide or a piece of paper that you pull out to trigger their memory. You might need to show them a visual, like the quick beginning of it. Do you remember this video? Yes. Okay. And then if you, you can put it in, into a chart. So you can, on one piece of paper, you can have character setting problem solution and all of it for a mouse to sale and all of it for the present. And they can visually see how they are similar and different. Are the characters the same? Well, they're both are a boy. Is the setting different? No, mouse for sale took place at a pet shop but the present took place at a home. The problem was not the same. The problem in the mouse for sale is the, well, the mouse wanted someone to take him home. Well, I guess both, both animals wanted the boy to like them and, and tried getting their attention. It depends on which, you know, perspective you're going with it, the, the boy's perspective. And the solution was the same, that both boys took the animal as a pet. So then you can take that into the Venn diagram and show them how you, they can visually take those things that are similar and transfer it over there. And then you need to show them how to use that in their answers. Have them practice expressing how they are the same and different. Using some vocabulary terms like however, although, similar, in common, alternatively, but, while, in the same way, alike, even though, differ. Right? Those are different words they might use to express how things are compared or alike and how they contrast or different. Have them practice using it and then have them practice hearing you ask questions, utilizing all those different words that might represent same and different and practice answering it and becoming so familiar with what vocabulary is used in questions and answers and what is being expected. Where are they looking in the middle of the Venn diagram or the outside? Having them practice listening for those key words or those words that represent compare and contrast. And then you can go to the story level. I like to use 
Twisted Fairy Tales because that only requires one text since one text is of their background knowledge. So like Goldilocks Rocks or Cinderella is So Annoying, those types of books. And while you're reading it, you're generating either that somebody wants it but so then or the character setting problem and solution, taking those notes. What do we know about the original? And you might do that as your pre-literacy activity. Like, what do you know about Goldilocks? Let's go through it. Who are the characters? What's the setting? What's the problem solution? And as you're reading the new one, having them fill it out and then transfer it over to a graphic organizer and then practice answering questions and expressing how they are similar and different using the different types of vocabulary words that might express it. Okay, so now that you went from some pictures, you went to two videos, then you went to one story while they're comparing it to something in their background knowledge. And then you might take something, there's articles on time for kids like video games is like bad for kids. And then one is how Minecraft is good in schools. And you can take that and say, okay, hmm, now we have these two articles. How are they similar and how are they different? Let's read one. That one's more nonfiction. So you might not be able to do some character setting problem solution, but you can do some topics and details and put and making some sort of structure. When I'm doing some nonfiction like that, I'll even start with, what do you know about video games? The topic is all about how video games are good versus bad. What do you think we might read about? Okay, we might read about kids being addicted to it, being distracted at school, staying up late. And we might generate a list of things that we might think we might hear in both stories. Like we might hear some benefits, some disadvantages of video games. Who's playing video games? Where are the video games being played? How do the parents feel? How do teachers feel? We can maybe kind of guess maybe what might be mentioned in the articles. And then you can find a way to compare and contrast the two of them. I've done different activities where we've read about different gaming systems and they had to compare and contrast them that way. But again, we had to think about, okay, what do we know about video game systems? Okay, there's different parts, there's games, they were invented, there's different companies. So we use them, we're like, okay, we can probably predict maybe what we might read. And then we generate a chart where we can visually see how they are similar and different before we even get to the Venn diagram. It's all about giving them those pre-literacy strategies where they can predict what might be in the article to then know what to look for, to then visually see what is expected of them. We can't just give them that Venn diagram and know how to them know to know what is similar and different and, and have them remember, right? Especially if it's all over the place and going back and forth between two different topics. We need to help them find a way to organize their thoughts and do it in a way before they even get to that Venn diagram. They need to see that things are similar and different before they put fill it in and know what they're even putting into the chart. Remember, if we give them a graphic organizer and expect them to be successful, they don't need to be doing it with us. Okay, so I hope you found this helpful. I have free visual aids on my blog. I'm going to put the link in the show notes so that you can grab visuals for working on comparing and contrasting and the different words to use for each of them. And I hope you find this helpful and sh definitely share it out on social media if you are trying this with your students because I really do find that breaking it down like this for them and helping them visually see how things are alike and different and teaching them the text structures and showing them how, okay, we can look at, if we're comparing something, what are things that stories have that might be similar and different and showing them those relationships so that they can be successful. All right, everyone. I always end with a joke. It's the new year, but I'm going to do it as well. Why did the woman run around her bed because she wanted to catch up on her sleep. But um ching. Until next week, everyone, stay out of trouble. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.